In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Would all those up through the 12th grade please come forward. <laughs> Y'all didn't do the bunny hop. Good morning. What a glorious, glorious day this is. Easter Sunday. And not just because we all gather together and have a great time together and not because just because we hunt Easter eggs and get baskets and get to be around family whom we love and have Easter dinner but the most glorious thing about and I wish I I wish I had known this at your age I went to church all my life and I enjoyed the services I served as acolyte all my life but I did not realize what the resurrection of Jesus meant in my life and in the life of the whole church I just didn't realize it at that age. The, the, Lord, the Lord was forming me, and the Lord is always forming us, bringing us into what he wants us to become, but it wasn't until much later what I, that I realized what the resurrection of Jesus actually meant and stood for. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, and because of his resurrection from the grave and because of his sending the Holy Spirit into our lives at our baptisms and our confirmations, our lives are changed. Our lives belong to him. Not just today and not just tomorrow and not just until the day we die, but forever and ever and ever we belong to him because of what he did and because of what we celebrate today. The Lord is risen from the dead. You excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited? Y'all excited? Yeah. Pretty dress. Nice Easter dress. We dress up for Jesus, don't we? Look at they all they all wore the same dress. <laughs> nice. Happy Easter, everybody. Remember, the Lord is risen from the dead because he loves you. That's why he died and rose again. Because he loves you. Each and every one of you. He wants you to be his. You, got, you took care of that last night, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> got baptized last night. Great service last night. Um, so thank you. Um, Anybody want a packet? <laughs> Y'all can take one and do it in the choir loft, okay? Okay, thank you for coming. So if you have me out. Thank you. Someone at the last service said, I can't believe you told jokes on Easter Sunday. 
Well, this is, this is the day to tell jokes. This is the day that God played the greatest joke on the devil ever. This is the greatest joke ever that the devil's not in control of this world. God is. And he showed that by rising, raising Jesus from the dead. So this joke, a little boy was in church on Easter Sunday with his mother. Started feeling sick to his stomach. He said, Mom, can we leave now? Mother replied, no, the service is not over yet. Boy announced, well, I think I'm going to throw up. Mother said, well, then go out the front door, go around to the back of the church and throw up behind the bush. After about 60 seconds, the boy returns to his pew alongside his mother. She asked quietly, did you throw up? The boy answered embarrassed, yes. Mother demanded, how could you have gone all the way around to the back of the church and returned so quickly? And the boy said, I didn't have to go out of the church. They have a box next to the front door that says, for the sick. <laughs> a man and his wife and his very cranky mother-in-law, they made a vacation to the Holy Land. While they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. God bless her soul. The undertaker told them, you can have her shipped home for $5,000 or you can have her buried here in the Holy Land for $150. And the man thought about it for a while and told the undertaker he would just have her shipped home. And the undertaker asked, why in the world would you spend $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when she could be buried right here in the Holy Land for $150? The man replied, well, sir, a man died here about 2,000 years ago. He was buried here, and three days later, he rose <laughs> and finished it. And three days later, he rose from the dead. I just can't take that chance. This has been a very, very glorious week. Believe it or not, this is our 12th worship event since last Palm Sunday this week, and um, a lot of lives have been touched. We've had a lot of guests, a lot of our own parishioners who have mentioned how meaningful and how present God has been in these uh, Holy Week services um, all through the week. A talented speaker was asked to recall one of his most difficult speech assignments ever, and he said, well, that's easy. It was an address I gave to the National Conference of Undertakers. The topic they gave me was how to look sad at a $100,000 funeral. <laughs> and that is a difficult assignment. But I can think of an assignment that would have been even more difficult. How to get the early post-resurrection -resur post Christians to look sad. And I say this because the spirit of joy in the early Christian community is one of the most dominant characteristics found in all the New Testament readings. Something so tremendous 
had happened to those people that it permeated their lives, filled their cup of joy to overflowing. And as we read about it, if we try to put a lid on it, it just comes bubbling back up. There's no way to hold it back. It's contagious. It's healing. It's beautiful. It's the old, old story. The early Christians were filled with joy because this Jesus who had lived among them, this Jesus who had brought them hope and life, this Jesus whom they had seen die, this Jesus whom they had put in a tomb, this Jesus was now alive. And it wasn't an hallucination. It wasn't something they just dreamed up. He was alive. And they had experienced it. It's the old, old story. And you know what? Those first disciples, they didn't keep this story to themselves. They passed it on. All of the enlightenment, all of the understanding, all of the joy that was generated by the resurrection power of God in Jesus Christ. They passed it on. And now it has become our story because they passed it on. Now it is our gospel. Now it is our good news. And we experience the same joy as we realize what Jesus was getting at in all of his miracles and all of his parables and all of his works of healing and all of his teachings. He was saying that God is always and everywhere a God of resurrection power. And that God is always acting to transform sorrow into joy and death into new life. It's the old, old story. You either believe the story or you don't. For me, after 66 years of hearing this old, old story, I still choose to believe. All the Gospels agree that Mary Magdalene was among the first to visit the grave that morning, that first Easter morning. Arriving at the tomb before dawn, her mind is fogged with grief and despair. And seeing the great stone rolled away and the tomb empty further intensifies her anguish and sends her running for help. From her friends and she cries out when she reaches them they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have laid him you know what we've heard this story so often that it is true it truly just doesn't surprise us anymore we're not surprised by the resurrection of Jesus but try to put yourself in her place let's say your friend has died you watched him die. The body was taken to the funeral home for preparation before the service. You return prior to the public viewing and are you greeted by the funeral director who stammers, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this, but we have a problem, come with me. And he takes you back to the embalming room, points to the casket and instead of seeing your friend lying there, all you see is the suit in which he was to be buried, lying limp like a glove that has been removed 
with a Bible that was to be placed in his hands, sitting on top of the suit. The body is gone. What would you think? That's what Mary thought. Peter and John, they raced to the tomb. Lying there are the burial clothes of Jesus. And off to the side, the linen shroud is all wrapped up neatly. What grave robbers would have bothered to do that? Peter and John, they are at a loss to explain anything. But as the lesson has it, John saw and he believed. But the lesson also adds, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And so they go back home. But Mary stayed behind. She was crying. And through her tears, she sees the angels. And she hears them ask, why are you crying? And she responds, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they have laid him. And then she turns around and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't know it's Jesus. Why? Perhaps she was blinded by her tears. Perhaps it was because she had come expecting a dead body. Perhaps it was Jesus' resurrection body that confused her. And then Jesus asks the same question as had the angels. Why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And she said, sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you've laid him and I will go and get him. And then comes the moment of recognition. He simply says her name, Mary. And the rest, as they say, is history. It's a story we've heard over and over and over again. It's the old, old story. It's not a surprising story anymore. But for me, and I suspect for millions and millions of others, there is great comfort in that, especially with all the brokenness we see and experience in this dark world. We need the truth found in this old, old story. Several years ago, the Saturday Evening Post, they ran a cartoon showing a man about to be rescued after he had spent a long time shipwrecked on a tiny desert island. The sailor in charge of the rescue team stepped onto the beach and handed the man a stack of newspapers and said compliments of the captain. He would like you to glance at the headlines to see if you'd still like to be rescued. Sometimes life is very scary. Sometimes we feel that the world is out of joint, that those in charge around the world have no clue how to fix things, that evil is winning. But then along comes Easter to remind us through the telling and the retelling of this old, old story that despite all the evidence to the contrary, our God is still in charge. Our God is still in charge. There's an old hymn I ran across written by Daniel Whittle. 
Whittle was a man who had reached the rank of major in the war between the states and for the rest of his life was known as Major Whittle. And during the fighting, Whittle lost his right arm and ended up in a prisoner of war camp. And recovering from his wounds in the hospital, he looked for something to read and he found a New Testament. He read it and it changed his life. And after the war, he felt called to a ministry of music and he began to write. And this is one of the hymns he wrote. They tell me the story of Jesus is old and they ask that we preach something new. They say that the babe and the man on the cross for the wise of this world will not do. Yes, the story is old as the sunlight is old, though it is new every morn just the same as it floods all the world with its gladness and light kindling far away stars into flame. For what can we tell to the weary of heart if we preach not salvation from sin? And how can we comfort the souls that depart if we tell not how Christ rose again? So with sorrow we turn from the wise of this world to the wanderers far from the fold. With hearts for the message they'll join in our song that the story can never grow old. Though a million times over the story is told while sin lives unvanquished and death rules the world the story of Jesus can never grow old. Folks, the old, old story must be told and retold again and again. It is our turn to tell the story. Christ is counting on us, his church. There's a little girl who wrote a letter to God about something that apparently had been bothering her for a long while. And the letter read, Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you've got now? Signed, Alice. Well, Alice, there is good news for you today from God himself. God says, Dearest Alice, because I love them so much, I do keep the ones I've got now. Because I love you so much, Alice, I want to keep you for my own always. And so, my dear Easter friends, Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised from the tomb because God our Father wants to keep each and every one of us as his own. Together as a family, as the body of Christ in this place here at St. Timothy's, we will continue to tell the old, old story and we will proclaim the risen Lord. I say, Alleluia, Christ is risen and everyone says, the Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.